Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But celebrating life has certainly proven challenging as of late, and our guest today is joining us to shed light on ways we can protect ourselves from this pandemic, and believe it or not, even future ones. You already know Dr. Michael Greger as a physician, author, and internationally recognized speaker on nutrition, food safety, and public health issues. He oversees the popular website, nutritionfacts.org. I subscribe. I love it. I really suggest you do as well. And Dr. Greger has also written numerous best-selling books, most recently, How Not to Die, The How Not to Die Cookbook, and How Not to Diet. But Dr. Greger is joining us today to share all about his latest must-read and very timely book, How to Survive a Pandemic. Boy, is this important. I was enlightened very much by reading your book, so welcome, Dr. Greger. I am so glad to be here. Well, isn't that something? How nice of you. (laughs) Well, and I would also like to start out with a huge congratulations because your book is just released today. Uh, And I know you even stopped your book tour uh, for the How Not Not to Diet uh, because it's so important. So let's begin with a little bit about some of the information people are going to find in this fabulous book. Yeah, and how to survive a pandemic, I uh, try to cover everything there is to know to protect ourselves and our families from the coronavirus, you know, optimal respiratory and hand hygiene, surface disinfection, everything from masks to, you know, how to make your own hand sanitizer. Uh, But the best way to survive a pandemic is to prevent it in the first place. And so the bulk of the book centers around tracing the origins of the COVID coronavirus and, you know, what we can do to prevent even greater infectious disease threats in the future. Yeah, that and uh, that information, I really, it was fascinating. Uh, one of the things that really just grabbed my attention immediately is at the start of the book, you have a graph, uh, which is kind of like a hurricane severity graph. And actually, COVID-19, if my memory is correct, is, was a level two. So it, why, and here we think this has just gone around the world so quickly. So how can it be maybe not as virulent as some others and be so devastating at the same time? Yeah, so the CDC has a pandemic severity index, very similar to the hurricane severity index from Category 1 to Category 5. And, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. COVID-19 is uh, is looking like it's going to be a Category 2 um, pandemic with only about 1 in 250 people dying from the disease uh, once they sh- uh, start showing symptoms. And it's important to realize that, you know, this can go up to Category 5, as devastating as COVID-19 has been. It may just be a dress rehearsal for an even greater threat waiting in the wings of chickens. According to the CDC, the leading candidate for the next pandemic is a bird flu virus known as H7N9, which is 100 times deadlier than COVID-19. Instead of 1 in 250 cases dying, H7N9 has killed 40% of the people it infects. The last time a bird flu virus jumped directly to humans and caused a pandemic, it triggered the deadliest plague in human history, the 1918 pandemic that killed 50 million people. I mean, that had a 2% death rate. Uh, What if we had a pandemic infecting billions where death was closer to a flip of a coin? Uh, But the good news is there's something we can do about it. 
just as eliminating the exotic animal trade and live animal markets uh, can help prevent the next coronavirus pandemic, reforming the way we raise animals, domestic animals, for food may help forestall the next killer flu. You know, Dr. Greger, I mean, that that is the thing that gives us hope. And just like with your other books, we actually can control this. We don't necessarily have to be victims of what's, you know, like either aging bodies, which I'm, I'm currently inhabiting. <laughs> but, I mean, you've given me so much hope and so many good things to do. And I know that we don't have to, you know, just kind of just assume that this can happen. There are things that humanity can do to turn it around. But one of the warning signs you did uh, Right in the book was that since 1975, previously unknown diseases have surfaced, I'm quoting you here, at a pace unheard of in the annals of medicine. Yeah, and the question is, wait a second, emerged from where? Mostly from Animals. The AIDS virus is blamed on the butchering of primates and the bushmeat trade in Africa. Uh, mad cow disease was because we turned cows into carnivores and cannibals. SARS and COVID-19 traced back to the exotic wild animal trade. You know, but our last pandemic, swine flu in 2009, uh, arose not from some backwater wet market in Asia, but was largely made in the USA on pig operations in the United States. Thankfully, swine flu was only a Category 1 pandemic, killing only about a half million people. But the next time, we might not be so lucky. Yeah, boy. I And, again, it, it really does relate to the way current farming practices are and a whole lot of things that you bring up in the book. But I'm going to get very basic with you because I have a limited understanding of medical knowledge, and I'm assuming many of my listeners do as well. What exactly is a virus? Oh, a virus is kind of uh, uh, bad news wrapped in a little protein coat, basically. So it's not even alive. It can't reproduce on its own. It's just a, a, a kind of a package of genetic material, DNA or RNA, which gives instructions to infected cells to produce more copies of itself. Um, and so relies kind of as a parasite, relying on, on, on prey, um, and we may be that prey, and so it's just trying to, to make more of itself. So if it makes us cough, better for the virus, because it can spread from one person to the next and be more kind of evolutionarily successful. And the more it causes us to cough, um, the more it's able to spread. Um, and uh, so uh, that's why they can be kind of so insidious. Um, and if they use RNA as their genetic material as opposed to DNA, there's no uh, proofreading mechanism such that each virus that bursts out from the cells in our infected lungs is a little different from the others. So there's this kind of mutant swarm such that it can evade our immune system, evade vaccines we try to get to control it, and jump from one species to another, which is what happened with COVID-19. Well, and, you know, I I didn't do all that well in science in high school, but this is so fascinating. One of the things I just uh, blew me away was that the virus, as you write, kind of, like you say, it mutates so that it, but it also changes the host so that it can spread, like with rabies. I thought that was fascinating. I know this is a oh, little departure, yeah. but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's yeah, that's very interesting. So right, so um, so you say uh, so the symptoms of illness 
are ways the pathogen is is basically manufacturing a way to transmit from one to another. So, for example, rabies is transmitted through saliva, um, uh, um, but it must be kind of saliva injected into the bloodstream. So, wait a second, how does saliva get into the bloodstream? Well, it causes this frenzied biting. Um, in animals that infect, and so in that way, um, you know, so it infects parts of the brain that makes that enrages animals and gets them to bite, um, and so that's so you can see how that would enable the virus to spread from uh, one animal to the next. There's a parasite known as Toxoplasma, which spreads um, uh, from cat to cat. Um, uh, um, but not directly. It goes through a rodent host. Um, and so wait a second. How do we get that rodent into the mouth of a cat? The, 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 the parasite actually worms its way into the brains of mice and rats and gets them to be attracted to the smell of cat urine. And so it seeks out cats. Um, and that's a way that, the, that this, that this par- brain parasite basically guides the animal to infect the next cat. Absolutely, really remarkable. Remarkable, um, and uh, and for respiratory viruses, um, it causes the destruction of cells in our airways, um, which triggers an inflammatory response. So we cough or we sneeze, and that enables the virus to spread from one person to the next. Well, I, this and other fascinating facts are found in this book. I really, I, I couldn't put it down. Uh, well, actually, I read it online, so I couldn't stop staring. I will say that. Yeah. I mean, really, it's just, it's just an amazing book. I wish I had more time to talk to you, Dr. Greger, because I want to ask you every little detail, but I can't. So, let's begin by some of the ways that you suggest we can, we can help stop this next pandemic, because it's coming unless we do something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, so what we really need to do is uh, change the way we raise animals, uh, accelerate the movement towards moving towards like plant-based milks, plant-based meats, plant-based egg products. Thankfully, major meat producers like Tyson and Purdue and Smithfield and Hormel and Cargill have already started innovating us out of this precarious situation by making these plant-based meat alternatives. Um, and we can each take our own health into our own hands. Look at the risk factors for COVID-19, uh, severity and death, obesity, heart disease, hypertension, type 2 diabetes, all of which can be controlled or even reversed with a healthy enough plant-based diet and lifestyle. So I encourage people to take this opportunity to, uh, to, to, to take better care of themselves, sufficient sleep, keeping active, reducing stress, staying connected, albeit remotely, to friends and families, and eating a healthy diet. Oh, Dr. Greger, well, on that very informative and high note, I want to thank you again for your time. All the work you do, I just want our audience to know nutritionfacts.org is a free low, free service. I know you can donate to support it, uh, but also your wonderful books and, uh, and your wonderful attitude because this is your books, the money goes to charity, and you've done this all. This work was sparked by a, a great relationship with your granny. Oh, indeed, absolutely. I hope she's looking down on me right now and is proud. Well, all of the rest of us grannies are very proud of you, Dr. Greger. Thank you again. (laughs) Thank you.
Well, and I do, I urge all of you listeners out there, please check out Dr. Greger's website, all of his books, and his brand new book uh, is available now online and audio. It's called How to Survive a Pandemic, uh, because if we want to stay feisty into our 90s and beyond, we have got to get through this difficult time with our health and the health of those we love. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.